all across the globe. Um, I feel like graffiti is a huge community intertwined in individuality, but also a connection in communication with how each artist has their own vision and style, but it can correlate with other artists and styles. And no matter what culture um, background or part of the country or world you're in, you can speak a language that everybody can understand and get something from and inspire them or make them feel some type of way. Welcome to Wonderings. I am Amy Schaefer, the creative director at The Wonderment. And I am Matt Thomas, education director here at The Wonderment. And we're here because over the last 10 years, our work has allowed us to observe communities all over the world. And in these experiences, we've encountered these people, they're all ages, who are meeting the world just a little bit differently. They're open, they're willing to see and do things in unexpected ways. And we've seen how their presence makes different, almost magical things possible. We've seen how their influence reconfigures their communities and how their actions are meeting real needs and weaving new patterns in small and profound ways. And we call these people wonders. And the thing is that even though these wonders are just ordinary people taking small scale action in their own communities, it's that kind of small scale work led by curious individuals all over the place that we think actually sets the stage for problem solving on a global scale that is effective and still human. So over the past five years, we built a platform to support wanderers as they imagine, create, gather community, and we're producing this series of conversations alongside actual experiences you can participate in with the wanderers themselves, whoever and wherever you are. You can find opportunities to get involved on our platform, The Wonderment. So with that, we're excited to introduce you to another wanderer, our friend Mike Osborne, who I lovingly called the graffiti ninja of Toledo. <laughs> and this particular uh, wonderer is really awesome to me because it's the first one that we're getting a chance to talk to that I met through his actual work. So the way that I we connected with him is another one of our wanderer friends, Tim, uh, sent a picture, this this beautiful painting uh, to me and said, you've got to check this out. And immediately on seeing it, I felt this kinship and I felt this connection to whoever had created it. And it was a really cool moment of recognizing how powerful a creation can be in sparking a sense of connection and creating a sense of connection. Um, and when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, we, I really want to connect with this person. I really want to talk to this person. So yeah. And I, in this conversation, I was meeting Mike for the first time but immediately he was talking about things that are deeply interesting to me because he's been working in forgotten backwater spaces in the city, um, places that not a lot of people go. But that, And that's where I do my wandering in the city. And I've always wondered about what's going on with the trains that are passing and what's, what's in this lot. And, and it's a very mysterious world to me where I could tell that there was a lot going on there. But um, to finally have access to someone who'd been deeply embedded in that, like to me, even though it sounds funny to talk about the ninja of Toledo, like that has to be the place, just someplace kind of overlooked or in between. On the edges. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like another one of our so, wanderer friends, Holly, talked about. You might have noticed a theme. A <laughs> These theme things all us. interconnect. So <laughs> it was, I loved the conversation because it gave me access to that and immediately took me, me to a physical space 
as his story started that I'm very intrigued by and feel a lot of connection to as well. Grew up in Toledo, uh, Toledo, Ohio, and there wasn't much graffiti around. There was only a select few of people uh, painting graffiti. So I would see it pop up here and there on car rides or, you know, exploring buildings, train yards and stuff like that. There's a lot of train yards in my area. You know, even the trains themselves are very, um, they're very like almost a romantic setting. The adventure of just kind of being places where not many people, if anybody goes, and you get to feel a lot of history firsthand. I love when Mike was sharing this background of, first of all, where he comes from and where he, the environment that he grew up in, and starting to notice this little thing that was interesting to him. So starting to notice a little bit of graffiti here or there. And because it was actually so few and far between, that kind of honed his attention to be noticing more about this and noticing more about his physical surroundings in the meantime by way of this thing that had kind of sparked this curiosity in him and the way that that can start that perspective that we take as we go about our you know more routine movements through the world whether that's going to school or driving to the grocery store or you know walking home from somewhere I think that that awareness being um, open and being alive can show us so many things that then beckon us into um, starting to experience them with our own you know, unique perspective or intrinsic uh, interest point. Yeah, it touches on something that is going to be the overarching theme for me in this conversation, which is he's in the most deeply interior place right now. He's wandering around the city, but it's almost inside. He's noticing only things that are uh, important to him. And so it's, you know, there's just a deep interiority to that, even though you're in this space shared, obviously, by a huge community. Really, that's... That's why I love to wander around the city this way because of that contrast. And there's a a privacy to it, even while you're, you know, with everybody and something, there is something about childhood that's often that way. I was just going to say that. I think it's a very childlike, um, when I experience that as an adult, uh, and the more that I cultivate that and the more that I'm actively aware of my perspective in that way, it, there's an exuberance. There's a certain, it may be quiet, but it's within you have this exuberance of interest of you're looking and you're you're encountering things. And I, one of the phrases that I love that he used is this idea of experiencing a place or a history or things firsthand. When you really think about that, experiencing something firsthand, how often are we engaged enough internally and, and immersed enough in our external world that we could say we're experiencing something firsthand? Like that's, that's a, that's an experience that only you from your perspective can have. And I think there's something really alive and really interesting about that. And that kind of leads to the feeling of freedom and the feeling of, because that can evoke a lot of different things, being in that kind of almost exuberant active uh, exploration state, and then pairing that with something that is an activity or a, an action that can embody that. And in Mike's case, you know, graffiti, that brings a, a desirable um, a desirable linking of worlds and a linking of experience through an experience that he describes uh, really compellingly in our conversation. Really drew me into the anonymity of it. I was there, but I wasn't there type thing. It was kind of fun. I thought it was really interesting. And kind of once I started doing it, you realized how freeing it was and how like no rules, no 
expectations of how it's going to turn out. You just kind of went in and did it and you kind of felt like a ninja. So I, I love multiple things about this, but I, this is where the ninja, he actually used the, the motif of the ninja and the word ninja <laughs> several times in different points that, um, and it did evoke something in me that made me understand, like I understood the feeling in myself that corresponded, you know, obviously with him, it was the experience of this exploring and seeing graffiti and then doing graffiti and what like kind of the world that and experience that drew him into. But I know that feeling it's this, I call it like, I call it the glint where you're, you're able and willing to engage with the world and it's it is it's playful but it's serious and and it is it involves so much of your engaged self that and again I think this is something as an adult there's almost a little bit more contrast because you realize how much of our time is spent not in that state in in the midst of systems and environments that that's not even close to what we're experiencing so I had a smile on my face every time uh he would start to talk about it, not e- just because it was like it, it lit me up with something too. Yeah, the I think when this was happening, he had a friend who started taking him to show him where you could even find something a space to paint, which was in these train yards. And I think about the first times in childhood when I started to realize I could, I can go there. You know, I can. It seems like I'm not supposed to be there, but I I can go there. Like, and um, it's the first step into sort of being an agent in the world and taking action. And this is another thing about all these conversations. We talk about these awakenings that you have as a child, but they happen over and over and over. And also, as we're getting towards middle age now, we realize that those same unknown or maybe walled off spaces exist for us. And like, what would it be like being almost 50 to like, suddenly jump into the train yard or whatever the equivalent is. And it's it's very possible to do. So the idea that freedom freedom appears to you as soon as you can see the place where, where, you, where you can go. And I think it also is the feeling of curiosity and playfulness is able to show the dual nature of the threshold to, to get into that. A sense of danger, and I think the ninja <laughs> component of it, a sense of danger, a little bit of that, you know, that hyper alive sense of being aware, that is a very interesting, ambiguous state. And, and you know, so much of our world is just designed to mitigate risk in various ways or avoid it outright, that I think that the, un, the unfortunate side effect of that is that we spend very little time in that state of feeling alive. But I love that Mike really honed in on how when he was stepping into these spaces, you know, all of this mix of interesting components from curiosity to danger. And this was starting to evoke different desires in a long-term way of what he wanted for his life because he'd seen some of these glimpses of what's possible and what really made him um, motivated. Sometime in high school, I I made the decision. I kind of wanted to do something for myself and not really pursue something so, um, I don't want to say industrialized, but structured so i wanted to be more free and more like on my own terms and work for myself and work for my own uh satisfaction not somebody else's kind of contradicting because i paint publicly a lot and what what sustains me like you know physically emotionally monetarily is also helping other people so i'm also doing it for their satisfaction and creating stuff that they want to see it's really kind of like a curiosity thing. I think people 
really want to see it being created and to be inspired by somebody creating something in front of them is really like what drives me to do it more. So I think the thing in this that I thought was very fascinating was this recognition and ready recognition on his part that by following that sense of freedom, by following that sense of desire for being on his own terms in his words, um, it allowed him to act from a place and to do things in the world that then actually embedded him more into actually doing it for and alongside um, other people and, and in response to their desires or needs from a, you know, going from a graffiti artist where he started to now, you know, a public artist um, where he's kind of functioning more now, the, the awareness of how that trajectory happened. And yet had he focused on what other people wanted at the time that he started to like act on that desire for that freedom, that would be a very different scenario. And I think that the the thing that he points out at the end, that people want to see other people, they want to feel, they may not even realize it, but they want to feel and see other people doing things that evokes that sense of what's possible within themselves, whether they choose to act on it or not, just seeing someone who's in that state is massively inspiring to both parties, to the person who's acting in that way, following that freedom, and then also someone who's witnessing that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that the, the move, what I called interior, the interior city, you know, like exploring deeper into the train yard, whatever, trying to figure out where is the source of this thing that I'm curious about, and then taking, finding it, finding a space to express it, taking action. Um, sometimes I think for our grownups, that seems very self-indulgent, like just... Or told that that's self-indulgent. Yeah, like I'm, I'm just going into my own imaginary space to create my own world. But we know, and you and I have seen over and over and over that that inevitably creates human connection. Just in the way you said, when people see someone working that way, they want they become curious about it and they want to get involved. And so it's almost like that idea of like the 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 connections and the community arising. That's not even a question for us. First, find that that place that you're drawn to, and then start to take action in there. It's um, I if if there's anything we could promote with this episode in my mind, it's like to empower people to do that, not in an indulgent way, but also not worrying too much about will the connection come. It will. Well, and trusting that that is um, that there, that that's a worthy space of questioning because there are so many times and so many ways that we're the systems around us tell us that we need to be productive i mean we literally built the entire experience platform you know organization of the wonderment to be able to actually be a space where that can be seen and be a space where that can be experienced directly because it is a natural process and pattern um, that's happening if we trust it all over the place yeah but people need support because there's a couple of difficult points here the first one is insisting on finding your own space you know like making that decision that i am going to pursue this that's one thing Mm -hmm. that's difficult but then the second vulnerability is that he actually he had to find a worthy space to start to work i mean the train yard was a great space actually the trains are an effective means of communication between graffiti artists. And there's a lot of rich culture going on there. There's a little bit of risk, but there's genuine artistic expression. Like it's a high quality space. And so, you know, those two things of like insisting on doing it and then having the rigor to find the right place to do it. Those are both things 
points where we find it very valuable to support people, to like to make them kind of bold and, you know, hang with it. It's it, You might not find that space right away. Totally. Most of us don't. Well, and especially when that impulse to find or focus on one's interior space and, and the curiosity that rests there is so immediately intermixed and relentlessly intermixed in our world in various places to justify the value of said place hmm. and then it, along metrics that don't actually even recognize right. various ways of nobody cares being. about the train yard right that's so why they went there it's a, yeah exactly <laughs> it's like it, a lot of times it happens in the margins and it happens in these spaces where this hype this hyper potentially productive uh perspective and experience is pushed to or is only able to be found in the margins of what societally our our systems allow for so well let us let us assume that it's pretty much always at the margins (laughs) well and then the the, i mean from from holly's episode that you can reference if you haven't heard it um the diversity you know she's a scientist that was able to reckon like work in various ways that people were helping her see how much fertility and how much diversity there is in that edge of what we call a garden space, it's actually the edges that have so much potential and are and are overlooked often. And that's, I mean, that shapes entirely our perspective on these wanderers and why we're why we're focusing on them. In this instance, the thing that we we met Mike through was this huge mural on the side of a building that he was commissioned to create. That kind of embeds this entire experience in a work of art. I entitled the piece, The Ageless Empress, because I think it doesn't matter how old you are, you can always bring something to the table that may be something beyond the years of the people in charge that they haven't even thought of, or just new ways of thinking. Um, I really wanted to represent that with a younger, a younger woman. My, my niece, she's only, she's about to be nine, I think, or 10. But I think the younger generations have all the power in the world right now to really kind of step forward and step up and make, make the changes that need to be made or else nature's we're going to, we're not going to last that long if we keep going the way we're going and nature's going to retake, retake the earth. If we don't step up and try to coexist. So Matt, I think, I've been thinking on this since we had this conversation, this idea of coexistence and what that even, what that means, because it's an interesting word that I think oftentimes can have a connotation, a spectrum of connotation ranging from like tolerating or kind of like side by side, but separate uh, existence. Mm -hmm. And it was just interesting in my own mind, like it, it evoked this thing of like, what do I actually think and feel the word coexistence means and how how do we go about um participating in that yeah well i mean we as i'm a gen xer you're an honorary almost gen xer but like (laughs) i grew up with the paradigm of we've we can still conquer nature and we can make the world our own there was definitely like a that patriarchal domination thing going on and when I look around the world today, literally in 2021, everyone's having an apocalypse dream every night. And it's like, how can we survive the world? So I'm thinking about how crazy that swing is. And, and this is just, a this is just a different paradigm. Um, we are not separate from the world. You know, humans are, whereas a part of everything is everything else is yet. We also have the ability to think about it 
and we have some agency because of that. So there is a different position. And I don't know, a lot of this is so much about how we think about ourselves. And I guess that's where art is particularly important because like what we do, what we think about ourselves does matter, but also we're just part of the system. Whatever we do is natural. <laughs> but with a piece like this where you have the perspective of youth and the energy that that can bring, but also that all-encompassing environment of the natural world that just carries on no matter what you do. Um, I feel like it's it's within that those two polarities where you can find that idea of coexistence. You have to be able to keep two things in mind at the same time. Well, and I think that also, I think, you know, we can obviously think about that with regard to humans and, you know, what I like to call the, the more than human world, that it's, there's all of these interactions happening all the time that we have trained our, we've had our awareness distracted away from or trained away from considering because that's a state of vulnerability. And then I think that that in, inherently sets up a hierarchy. It sets up a hierarchy of thinking of what, what is, um, what's worthy and what it has authority and what has power. And I think that he, what, what can we dominate or what is a threat to us? I mean, it's just this binary thinking. Well, and think about the way that if you change that, the, if you change the consideration points, age is very much a part of that too. And I think that that's evoked equally in this piece of like, what is with regard to who can bring ideas and who can bring awareness and who can bring presence, I think let's call even presence, you know, what, what picture do we have in our mind of what is possible there? And I think he's del deliberately playing with this idea or exploring this idea of, you know, old, young, value, less valuable, you know, able to be useful, lack of ability to be useful. And I think he brings up a touch point that we grapple with a lot of the time, which is he talks about, you know, the young generation having all the power and needing to, to having the opportunity to step up and make changes that must be made. And we talk about this all the time, which is like, yes, I think that the perspective that has been, I guess we could call it granted to the younger generation, I, inflicted, I think is also probably a, a good term that, you know, they're seeing this whole, this whole frayed edges of a paradigm. And so, yes, that, that yields a clarity of perspective, but it is on uh, the rest of us to be able to show up before everything kind of unravels and that takes support and that takes help. It's not just something that we can, I think we fetishize this idea of like, oh, well, the kids will save us all. And it's like, well, yeah, the perspective that they are emerging with is is hypercritical and important and valuable, but it's on, it's on, we're the crew to help make that doable, like to get, on, get in line and get aware. And that's from tapping into our own childlike perspective as well. So mm -hmm. I think there's equal parts of all of this in this, in this painting. And I think it kind of connects to the things that he want he aspires to see happen with it. When I think that if we could sum up all of that idea of what it's trying to represent and what coexistence means for us, we would probably frame that in terms of being in relationship. And I think the word coexistence and it implies relationship. And you know, going back to the very beginning of this talk where we said, we'll go into the interior world and trust that relationship will emerge because it will, because you are related. <laughs> like things are interrelated. That's just the fact of it. So being able to recognize and show through this piece that interrelationship is what we're talking about. And it's to us, it's the first and it's the critical step in 
starting to build communities that can actually solve problems as we discussed in the very beginning of the intro you know like no big solutions that we can imagine in the world or even have the technology to implement can be done without that understanding of relationship and i think that that is that experience of relationship is in whatever spark that calls us to it it's a desire to experience intimacy with a variety with your own self and your own you know your own uh, experience and perspective with others, with the world and the, you know, the physical environments and the, the various beings that we encounter, um, as a part of that, we want to be able to be comfortable being intimate with all of those things. And because it, and that is something that as a species, as humans, it's a huge motivator that we have in so many ways capped its, its ability to inspire and inform how we can act in the world. And so I, I find this really, I mean, obviously this is a very rich, uh, a rich bringing together of so many things that we've thought about and so many things that we talk about consistently be, and is reflected in, you know, a lot of the work that we do in the world. And it's so interesting to see something that's, you know, a mural and is different than a, than a grassroots organizing program or a, mm -hmm. or a digital platform. And yet, is it like it's all something that at the core of it is seeking to ex explore and expand upon the idea of interrelatedness and generate an experience of of shared intimacy amongst the people that participate with it. So obviously, this is something that we've just discussed at length from a, a philosophical reflection. But this is also something and this is another key element of wonders is they're able to explore something, express something that is exploratory in nature on a philosophical or a, or a conceptual level, but then it is practically embedded. <laughs> it's literally practically in the thing that they're doing in the world because they don't separate themselves from that. And so I think that's something that Mike um, sees the, simultaneously the need and the potential for in the work that he does. Definitely being able to make a piece of artwork, even though it's two dimensional, um, interactive or immersive to where you feel like you can walk into something like walk into a painting. I think that's a huge accomplishment by any artist. You kind of just spark new relationships that way. I've met so many great people through graffiti and, and making murals uh, across the country. And it's it's almost like pen pals, I would say. Yeah. I call it uh, cultivating creation. You know, my mural or piece of graffiti, whatever, is going to plant a seed of inspiration into somebody, maybe a kid or an adult that they've wanted to paint something or they're, they've been creative, but they're too afraid to take it outside of their house or beyond the canvas. And that seed kind of grows and gets nurtured by their own creative endeavors and eventually sprouts a blossom that spreads more pollen and more seeds to create more creativity, more inspiration for other people. Um, so cultivating creation, I think, is one of my biggest goals beyond inspiring people, which it goes hand in hand. That's a far cry from uh, <laughs> the train yards of <laughs> sneaking into the train yards of Toledo in the middle of the night. How did he get, this is what's interesting and fascinating to me. How did he get from that place to 
creating an immersive environment for masses of people that thousands of people see every day and that sparks this creative process that he's talking about. I, I'm going to have a hot take here, which is <laughs> <laughs> that... This is a first, everybody. Red <laughs> alert. That those are not as separate places as it <laughs> might seem because much of the way you already talked about, like, yes, one was one version of being in connection that that maybe had different configurations of what was showing up in that relationship but even the way he referred to the trains and the fact that you know you're painting something on one train knowing that it's going to go to another train yard knowing that it's going to go from there to places it's going to connect with people that maybe you have met before or have seen before or, or would possibly meet in the everyday world and also way beyond that and so that sense of simultaneous boundedness within your physical environment that you're doing this as you right here in this space, um, but then that it has the potential to be encountered and and experienced by other people. I think it's just a different version of the same inherent desire. And I think it goes back to that thing of intimacy where, you know, the, the connection being even with people sometimes that you will never actually physically meet in the world. And I think that that's the, the practical piece of this in, is, when you're in this state and you're creating from this state and other people get a chance to experience it, they are then, because of what is a part of that, the whole, you know, for anyone who's open to listen to it, it's going to call them to that place within their own selves. And I think this was part of what, exploring more of what Mike is passionate about beyond just the creation of that art, it does go hand in hand with this thing that he's talking about of cultivating, this cultivating creation um, component because it is he sees those practical ties and from a conceptual level it leads to the opportunity um as well that he's interested in advancing and and seeing happen in the world so getting back to the painting itself um all of these things are visibly visually in this piece of work as you look at it you'll see you know even down to like a dandelion such a childlike um I mean, we all know the feeling of like, you see a dandelion that has this, you know, the fluffy seeds and there's this impulse. You, you've got to blow on it. You've got to like see the seeds spread. There's something very wondrous to that idea of seeds being, you know, caught by the wind and taken. Um, it's beautiful and it's intriguing. And this visual in this painting reflects some of what um, Mike is talking about with the idea of this coexistence with the natural world, coexistence with our childlike worlds, the interest and the curiosity that can evoke that state of being is where Mike's interest um, and passion became very evident and, and inspired us, frankly. The idea of there being spaces, art, art spaces within neighborhoods, within maybe overlooked places where kids can have the experience of having a spray can in their hand or having a paintbrush in their hand without it being a structured environment of a school assignment or something where they can feel a little bit of that ninja feeling, but yet in a space where where we adults can also help to to facilitate and invite and recognize that here's a space where you can do this. Here's a space where that's desired. Here's a space where that's allowed, but also it's yours. It's your space. And the need for that is really important in the world today. Giving kids that ability to create and think for themselves and to trust themselves is probably one of the biggest things that we can do uh, to nurture that development 
of their confidence and their ability to create on their own. So I think they need that stuff. They need to be able to have access to areas where they can paint and feel like they're in control. Explore that curiosity. Yep. Let them color, let them create what they want with some guidance or without, but without restriction. Yeah. Let them do it. Let me do it. (laughs) You know, like this is what we need. And it's, but it's such an interesting question because going back to the very beginning of the story, to some degree, you have to find your own space. But if you have permission or you have some sort of impetus to do it, I think that's what he's talking about in that cultivating and blowing, letting the seeds blow out there and then seeing where they land. Like it can't just be, okay, I'll give you a poster board and you can paint a cute thing on it and then we'll go in the trash tomorrow. You know, these are, these are real spaces that where people can make art and actually create a, a gathering space for other people. I mean, it's like, it's always a challenge to figure out that right balance between sparking creativity and making space for it, but maybe just like making it too bounded and too safe. Well, not controlling it. And I think this, this concept exists in the world, like this idea of art parks in a, on a variety, on a spectrum of levels of ranging from very, very minimal sense of organization. It's just a, uh, an idea of a step beyond it being thoroughly unsanctioned, like in a, a train yard or something like that, to very much like hyper organized and almost to the level where it's become less interesting from a wild perspective and from a curiosity perspective. But these are spaces that are, you know, that even that idea of yourself as an artist to show up in a place to create like that this is maybe one step before that of you might not know you might not have any like and it doesn't matter what age you are you may be a kid or you may be an adult that doesn't that just needs a space to try something and I think that that's the part of of, um, that kind of started to even emerge in the conversation that we had with Mike this desire for those kind of spaces to exist and the way that other people could participate in bringing those about it changed my perspective and I mean I'm I've been walking I've told you every day I've been walking around you know, the city or my neighborhood in the places that I go in since this conversation with an eye for, Ooh, that could, that could be a space. I mean, who would I need to talk to to kind of get a general idea of what we might be able to, could, could this be used that way? And Mm -hmm. I think it can be as simple as that is just where could it be? And what's the one step of action that could make it available or accessible. And it's going to be different for each person that hears this. If you're inspired to participate in this opportunity, um, in, in whatever way that you are, really, it's just that shift of perspective. That's the first thing of just like, I'm, this feels needed. This feels desirable. And there's something that will come to me that I can, that I can do to participate this and in this. And you'll see on the, you know, at the link, a little bit of the vision of how this might take loose form, um, and, and start to become something that has, uh, a sense of connection to itself. So this mural as a center point for inspiring people to think about their neighborhoods and their spaces and how they can interact with it and provide places uh, where kids and well, people of all ages, but, but kids especially can show up and try some of these experiences. It's a super inspiring, uh, it's a super inspiring concept to me. Yeah. And we up level these stories, not to give you a blueprint of how to make an art park in your neighborhood. It's to bring up these questions and to get you started looking around and being curious about exactly as you were saying, like, what could be here? 
And usually these are spaces around the margins. These are spaces that are maybe neglected and, and just planting the seed through these conversations to have all of us be looking at those spaces in a different way to see those possibilities. And in this particular case, the possibility of filling that space with art that is deeply meaningful to the person who makes it and that brings others to it in that spirit of curiosity and inquiry and a new kind of relationship to that space and to each other. Um, so any, you could do this anywhere. <laughs> and we really want to see what kinds of ideas that sparks for people in lots of different settings around the world. Well, and if you respond uh, on this at the link as being interested in this opportunity, um, basically that is what the, it is to stay in the loop of that developing um, idea with and Mike to, as he a, does it yeah, in Toledo. Exactly. The, in with the ninjas of Toledo. <laughs> in connection with Mike, supported by us at the Wonderment and and so that there's something that can start to take hold and, and learn from itself. So it's something that can actually, you know, as this idea is explored, there can be concrete and tangible support along the way to be able to have that, you know, to be able to have that exist in the world. So if you're interested in this opportunity, um, make sure to sign up uh, on the link and um, get get connected in with that idea and with that group that's going to be emerging out of this. And we just have been super inspired by this conversation, the the seeds that it's planted in our brains and our perspectives, and the ways that it's also referenced the other uh, wonderers and the other conversations. It never ceases to amaze me that these things are all effortlessly interconnected it it's coexistence of ideas and people with and we're just we just happen to be stumbling on it because we're asking to talk about it yeah absolutely yeah so huge thanks to mike for his work and his perseverance over the years and for talking to us about this and sharing his work with us and uh uh i i myself want to go pick up a paint can it's happening we're doing this here so hopefully yeah. we'll be doing it alongside with you all right until next time <laughs>